This episode of Aphorisms is recorded in London, the colonial capital, and on the unceded lands of the Gadigal and Wangal peoples. We pay our respects to elders past, present and future. Oh hey there, welcome back to Aphorisms. Um, We have a packed agenda today. Maddie and I will be discussing a lot a lot a lot from the world of reality tv which brings us so much joy even when we're discussing um actual art of garbage people this week we're catching up on real housewives of atlanta plus some uh i was about to say very surprising real housewives of salt lake city news but maybe not that surprising to be quite honest plus we're catching up on maths australia season eight and of course drag race uk finale um how do we feel about the winner? You'll just have to find out. So sit back, enjoy, um, and come back next week. Good morning, Maddie. Good morning, Ash. How... I mean, evening, Ash. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm great, thank you. I'm feeling good today. You left the house. I did leave the house and it was 23 degrees and sunny in London, which felt like a drug. Not that I've taken drugs, but it felt like it could be. You've never taken drugs? Oh no, you're just saying that on the podcast. <laughs> Lots happening this week in the world of reality TV and the law, quite frankly. So we have a lot to cover. I hope you're ready. Mm-hmm. I am. Good. Great. Um, but before we get to all that, I think we should kick off with our horoscopes because why not? Okay, let's do it. Okay. Astrology hacks. Um, I'll go first. As always, I'm taking my horoscope from um, Scorpio Mystique's Daily Horoscope, who, which is written by Dosevia. And this one is for the 30th of the 3rd. And it says, the moon shifts into our sign for the next two and a half days. And when combined with the fiery energy of airy season, we may feel like we're ready to take charge in our careers and our relationships. Woohoo, that sounds good. Um, a part of us may be actually Scorpio mixed with airy season. That sounds fucking terrifying. <laughs> Wish me all the best. Um, a part of us may be in overdrive while doing so, though, seeking to take control of whatever feels out of alignment. The universe wants you to remember that it's not your job to take care of everything. The best thing you can do is take care of yourself. Okay. What is it that you've been denying yourself lately, Scorpio? Have you wanted to consistently stick to a new habit that you know will help you evolve for the better? I don't know what this means. I'm going to revisit this in a minute because I can't think of anything. Um, have you felt ready to immerse yourself in a creative endeavor that will make your inner child happy? Sometimes we get so focused on fixing other people's problems as a way to avoid our own. Today you'll get a nudge from the cosmos reminding you to check in with yourself and commit to what needs to be done. Oh my god, I'm so confused by this horoscope. I thought it, I thought I had it for a second, but I feel like it's two really different things that they're correlating together. Mm. I'm not sure how they correlate the creative endeavor and the inner child happy. I do feel like I did a creative endeavor today. Um, I had a shoot for my work, which was exciting because I left the house for the first time to work in over a year um, and see people all COVID distanced and safe and everything, of course. So that, I think, very much like fed my soul and my spirit because <laughs> it was something that I've been working on for like six months. 
So it was nice to see that all come up. And it reminded me that actually you don't want to be like a ghoul living underground all the time and working from home. Sometimes I do want to get out and about. But the rest of it... like your inner child is happy from that. You're like you're happy right now, right? Yeah, I'm really happy. That's... I guess so. I just don't know that that is correlated at all to the part where it says like sometimes we get so focused on fixing other people's problems and check in with myself. Maybe I'm checking in with myself in the sense that I felt really creative and happy today and I would like to keep doing more of that. And I think I think working from home for a year, I got very like, I'm happy to be working from home. I always want to do this. I never want to go into the office ever again. I like my own space and doing what I want. But actually the reason I do my job is because I get to like see people and do creative things. So I was reminded of that today. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. That's all. That was your whole horoscope? Yeah, that was my whole horoscope. What was the question in your horoscope? There was three. What is it that you've been denying yourself lately? Have you wanted yeah, to... Cons- that yeah, that What's that about? What have you been denying yourself lately? Um, I think... Like, fun? I mean, I'm trying. It's been hard to do so in lockdown, but... Going out more and doing things I've not done so much, whereas I think I've fooled myself into being like, no, I want to stay home forever. But I do need a balance of those. I'm like an introvert. Nope. I'm an extroverted introvert. So I do actually need some external stimulation. And then to recharge my energy in that, I'll go back and withdraw. But I do enjoy the other side of things. So maybe it's that. Maybe that's what I've been denying myself is like contact with other people. It's about the balance. It's about the balance. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a very balanced person. I have a very dramatic personality, believe it or not. It sounds like your personality is balanced in that respect, like the introvert and extrovert respect. Maybe the personality is, but my approach to being hasn't been. (laughs) The practice of it. Yeah. Not so balanced. Not so much. <laughs> no problems. It's time for that your like one. You had a good day. I did. I had a really good day, and I felt like. Do you ever do that thing where if you're home all day, by the time it gets to nighttime, you have no energy and you want to die and you just want to sleep forever? But if you actually go out and do things that are actually exhausting, and take brain and physical energy, you come back still feeling like extra energized. I definitely had about eight cups of coffee, but I still feel like. Yeah, I feel heaps better tonight than I did last night. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Definitely. I feel like I was so sleepy <laughs> when I was allowed to leave my house. I was yeah. like thinking about it myself the other day. I was like, wow, I have like a lot of energy at the moment. <laughs> um, and which, if you know me, like I yeah. look like a sloth and like I move <laughs> like a sloth. Uh, so that's like, it doesn't mean I'm very fast, but I do have definitely... <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You're like the epitome of chill vibes. That's you. You're a chill person. I, yeah. People do say that about me. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't feel chill inside, <laughs> but like in terms of the, uh, I don't know, the like my like uh, actual pace. <laughs> yeah. <very chill. laughs> yep. So true. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So. Yep, mine says that the moon shifts into Scorpio today as well. And this may lead us to 
collectively feeling deepened sensitivity and heightened intuitive <laughs> awareness. Okay. Um, it's a powerful time to face our shadows and pay attention to our subconscious thoughts. Taurus, your partnership sector is activated for the next 2.5 days, so you may be in the mood to cuddle, make love, or go on an adventure with someone you feel fully seen and loved by. All right, well, that's no one. Um, <laughs> whether that person's already in your life or you're taking time to call them in with the recent Libra full moon energy, the key is to indulge in the energy of craving intimacy and not deny it. If you feel your pride or ego getting in the way of cultivating connections you seek, Ask yourself what did it look like to feel the fear and let love in anyway. Oh, how dare this talk to me about love. I can literally see you withdrawing and cringing and getting smaller and smaller as your discomfort grows with every word. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not happy with that. <laughs> A lot of people would be happy with that. What's wrong with you? Um, sorry, I forgot to say my... My horoscope is uh, the No Taurus Daily horoscope from Jose Bia as well. Uh, yeah, how dare Jose Bia do this to me? <laughs> That's a positive horoscope in theory. In theory. Yeah. For someone else whose <laughs> love life is going better than mine. Oh, so that doesn't speak to you at all. Your horoscope? No part of that? Oh, yeah, I think it does speak to me. That's why I'm upset. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. Moving <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. on. Let's check in next week when Scorpio is fucked off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. What shall we chat about first? Housewives of Atlanta. Housewives of Atlanta. Um, so I think we haven't spoken for a minute and we have two new episodes to catch up on. So after Cynthia's wedding, we returned back to Atlanta normal times. And the only thing I can really remember that happened in the episode before the most recent one, which would have been. Oh, so is it, it's season 13 and it's episode 14 and 15 that we watched this week. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the only thing that really happened in episode 14. Oh, actually, I have two things to say about this. The first one is that Toya seems like the most annoying friend in the whole wide world. Not even friend, acquaintance or person you have to encounter. She just cannot have a conversation with someone. Like she's one of those people that's very, very scattered and like a bit like I I wrote demented, but that's so rude. But like even when Kenya was trying to talk to her, she was like just wouldn't listen or wouldn't accept what the topic was or wouldn't stay on topic and kept trying to deflect, talk about other things and not take it seriously when someone was trying to have like a one-on-one with her. And I just found her to be utterly exhausting. And that was just the beginning of the Toya madness of that episode. Do you know what I mean about her? Yeah. So Toya is all over the place at the moment. Just a disaster. Um, Clearly there's some stuff going on in her Mm. life. Um, which kind of comes out a bit later, maybe in the episode 15. Um, but yes, it's, it is in- incredibly frustrating to watch people try to interact with her. Yeah, even Kenya, who she should love, but she's just like 
not focusing or not able doesn't want to listen I guess or have like a serious conversation she keeps being all flirty or whatever and trying to move on but then I mean she really should have just had that conversation because maybe it would have stopped what happened later in the episode which was Fallon I don't even there's a how do we know Fallon I can't remember whose friend she is or why she's there or who knows her earlier in the season like she invited Portia and maybe Tanya over to her her place okay Yep, yep, that's right. We were introduced to her through Portia um, at the beginning of the season and she's married to a 56-year-old man or something and she's like 31. So she has, lives in a very large, nice house and she threw a big party for the women. And I don't know what happened in terms of the invite and the dress code, but some people looked freaking incredible when it came to their costumes, like prosthetics level of incredible. Candy, incredible. Fallon looked amazing. And then other people turned up in like a bodysuit and a plastic covering and called it a day, Cynthia. And even, I hate to say it, Portia just turned up with some freaking cat ears. Like, anyway, there was somewhere lost in translation with what the costume was supposed to be. It was a Halloween party, right? It was a Halloween party. And yeah. I just, maybe they didn't have a lot of time, but some people really turned it out and the other ones were just like, they phoned it in. And, um... Toya just came in immediately hot. Like, she was just in a bad mood. She does not like Fallon. She walked into this woman's house and basically insulted her husband, insulted her marriage, called her a gold digger, insulted the house, like, came for her entire freaking life where literally every single person was like, you need to just calm yourself. This is so inappropriate, including Kenya. And then eventually Toya was like, I'm leaving, which I thought was a really smart move so she went out the front where Porsche, Porsche I think was sitting with someone Fallon maybe on the front steps no, so, yeah so Toya is like I'm leaving because she just had a conversation with Kenya where basically Kenya is said uh, said to her uh, you know why did you bring up at the niece's party why did you bring up my divorce and this man's uh, I can't remember his name is it Mike Mark? husband Mark So basically, Kenya confronts Latoya. Latoya doesn't, you know, respond appropriately. She's just, like, trying to flirt and be silly and that kind of thing, which, you know, sometimes can be effective in those situations to, like, break the ice, but then, like, probably listen to the other person if they're really upset with you. Anyway, so then that doesn't sort of work, and then Toya's like, I'm going to go. But it's sort of, like, as Portia arrives... And then yeah. Portia's like, oh, okay, like, do you want me to walk you out? Uh, and then Toya's like, no, like, Kenya, you walk me out. And Kenya's like, I'm not walking you out. Oh, yeah, because she's jealous about the Portia thing. So then she acts out a little bit. She is so jealous about the Portia situation. Yeah. Oh, it's so cringeworthy because you just, like, if you like this woman, just kiss her on the back. Like, she doesn't mind. She obviously likes it as well. Obviously, um, but Kenya would never because she'd see it as, like, Portia's sloppy seconds, which is not a thing, but that's how Kenya would see it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Anyway, so then Kenya won't walk Toya out because Portia's already offered. So then Portia walks Toya out and then they sit down on the stoop at the front of Fallon's house and they're having a conversation about, like, Basically that Kenya's jealous, but yeah. um, 
Kenny's carrying on and it's about Toya's relationship with Portia and Portia's like, this has nothing to do with me, like, you sort it out. <laughs> um, which, like, is fair enough. Like, uh, it's between really between Toya and Kenya. Um, and then basically Fallon and Cynthia come out the front and Toya's like, I'm leaving. But Toya, like... <laughs> doesn't leave so many times and just so many times like pushing (laughs) Fallon's button and then Fallon tries to fight Toya but like really fight all of a sudden the other women are still inside and then just see Fallon tearing through like the dining room or whatever and then tearing right back out again with a golf club and I was like whoa (laughs) that escalated really quickly but I do want to see what happens next and then I think nothing happens. I think they stop her or production intervenes and no one gets hit yeah. with a golf club. But, God, it was fun for a second. Yeah, it, it was. It, there was, like, a very exhilarating moment there, but I'm glad that people intervened. Yeah, me too. Uh, and also, like, Fallon is really small, so one of the producers, I think, just picked her up. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, absolutely tiny. Go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's time for you to go to bed. And then she dropped one of the snakes out of her. Was she Medusa? She was dressed as Medusa, I think. Um, she was dressed as Medusa, and the snakes were flying off It was. she was running for the golf club. It was amazing. Um, so that was that episode, which brings us to episode 15, um, which is another trip episode, which feels really quick, but... Um, this time Drew is in charge of planning the girls trip and she organizes a trip to New Orleans. She has decided that she'll do things better than Kenya did as a host and invites all the ladies to bring their children, not just one person, not tell everyone else. However, Kenya is the only person (laughs) once again, that takes her up on it because as Portia says, it's still a girls trip. I just wanted the option. You know what I mean? So they go to New Orleans, which looks so much fun. But as soon as they get there, I lo- the one thing I love about Real Housewives more than anything, and probably half the reason that I get excited about trip episodes, like vacations, is that there's always a fight about hotel rooms. It's so petty. It's so fucking stupid. It's all about ego, but I love it so much. And for this time, um, Drew gives Cynthia the sweet and then tells the other women, all you need to do is like shake your butt and do a little dance. And whoever does it the best get the next biggest room. Everyone loves this idea. This is a fun idea. This is a great idea in order to get rooms apart from Kenya. And she's immediately like sets the tone for how she's going to be for the trip. And she's just like, I'm not going to degrade myself for a room key and just walks away. Like insists on getting the shittiest room key and then goes and pays to upgrade herself to a better suite. But just like, God, I can't stand her. She saps the energy and joy out of like any situation she's in. Yeah, Kenya is really badly behaved for a person of her age. (laughs) It's like she's not, it's like a part of her brain's not fully developed or something. I don't know. I was just going to say, like, I thought, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought being a mum might just moderate, moderate her, temper her personality a little Mm -hmm. bit to be a bit more like less focused on shit that doesn't matter. But it's like instead having a kid gave her a the excuse to use her shitty behavior like i have a kid now so i get to be a brat about my room and i have a kid so i can be a brat on vacations and it's just i know she's going through shit with her divorce and everything but like my goodness grow up Mm. what a like yeah i can i can understand you know not wanting to do a competition to get your room key like i i personally can understand that because i'm not really (laughs) 
I'm, I'm not one of those people that's really motivated by competition or games. Like, <laughs> I find it really hard to understand when other people are like, yeah, that's a great idea. I'm like, no, nah, I'd rather not. Just, yeah. like, I'm happy to sit alone. I, um, too, would watch. rather, yeah. like, I would rather throw money at any situation rather than, like, try very hard or compete. So I understand that. But, oh, different when it's I Kenya. It was the way that Kenya conducted herself in this situation. Mm-hmm. And, again, I'm not above to, I'm not above throwing money at a situation <laughs> to make myself more comfortable. Yeah. Uh, like, I would, I, I'm known for doing that. Like, I'll, <laughs> people will be like, we're doing this, and I'll be like, that's fine that you're doing that, but I am doing this. Totally. Uh, which is why I don't work well in group holidays. Um <laughs> But, like, the way that Kenya does everything is a tantrum. And it's in a way that's both inconsiderate of other people and also, like, has to hold the most attention at any given time. So if Kenya's getting attention, you can see we've got, like, sweet, happy, cutesy Kenya. Mm. But if the spotlight is off Kenya, it's huge tantrum time. And she's not having it and everything's like not okay and blah 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 yeah so it's it's really weird to watch like it is a really childlike behavior for an adult woman (laughs) to display and it it actually stresses me out in relation to her kids because i'm like are you tantruming at your kid yeah (laughs) um like that's weird that it's a really weird thing to watch a adult with a child tantrum yeah 100 (laughs) percent yeah, yeah, totally agree. I understand that, you know, adults do tantrum and people do tantrum all the time. But usually it's um, like it's in certain situations and it, not everybody's like going, going, going with the tantrums. Every, like now and then someone will really hit the roof yeah. and have a huge tantrum. But like that, so most people are just like, if you push them to a certain point, will get that behavior. Yes. But it's like Kenya out of nowhere on any given day. <laughs> literally any moment i personally yeah. obviously you know i'm one of those people that can be pushed to having a little tanty but i don't get like histrionic i'm just like a bit sulky or pouty but that happens you know again it's push when you're pushed to a limit and i really just fucking can't stand watching her i don't i know that that's the energy that you need the like you know balance of energy and stuff and you need a instigator and antagonist but my god she's just so She's not one that you root for or that you enjoy or I personally don't enjoy, like, hating her. I'm just like, ugh, I hate you. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I don't know. At first I was like, oh, yeah, Kenya's doing that and it's all right. Like, obviously she's got some <laughs> behavioural issues that nobody's helped her with. Um, but now I'm just like, it's too, the cycle's too consistent almost mm-hmm. that you just get worn down by it. Just like oh, okay. So every in any given moment, Kenya's popping off to something completely irrational, and then in any given moment, Kenya's back to um, fawning, like doing that kind of fawning behaviour where you're being like sweet and cutesy to get people's uh, interest, or you know, yeah. And it's just like over and over again. Uh, and then when she's not doing that, she's like being homophobic <laughs> so, yes that's something else like, give us anything else <laughs> other than this yeah totally give us homosexuality you know also 
Kenya and Toya, Toya or La Toya? Uh, they call it Toya. Yeah, well, I feel like we're on that level too. Also have a thing against Drew. Like, I'm not really sure where it's coming from, but there's, well, we'll unpack the Toya thing maybe, but Kenya not only comes to Toya's defense when she has a bit of a kickoff with Drew, but she also has this weird thing about her as well. Like, I'm not sure why they fixated on her to kind of come for. I think maybe because she's new and she's a little bit popular already and she gets on with most of the women. So therefore she doesn't get on with Kenya. But something happened with, at, so at, I think it was at the last party, the Halloween party at Fallon's, that Toya was a bit inebriated. So instead of letting her make her own way home, Drew offered her a ride with her driver. And on that ride home, they had a conversation, I guess, about church and drinking too much and how she hasn't been to church for a very long time. So her driver invited her to his church that Drew also attends. So Toya attended. And I think as part of that sort of said that she wouldn't drink as much going forward or would endeavor to do less of that. Um, I can't remember if that was at, after the wedding or after Fallon's party because then there was a time when she was drinking. So Drew was a little bit confused because she's like, I thought you were going to try not to do that. So she questions her at the dinner when all of a sudden, again, she's not drinking while they're in New Orleans. And then during that, okay, yeah, she asked her a few times, I guess, which was a bit annoying. Um, Kenya called Drew a bully and was like, you're bullying her right now because she's not drinking, which I thought was a little bit excessive. Yeah. Kenya's intervention in this situation was weird and uh, self-serving. I'm yeah. That up front. Um, but I did think that Drew's behaviour was inappropriate towards Toya. Um, and honestly, I think if you were actually concerned about Toya, you probably would have intervened at the point when Drew brought it up to everyone initially. Yeah. So like, if that was me in that situation and um, someone was not drinking and someone kept going for them, asking them why instead in front of a group full of people, my initial reaction to that immediately would have been like, stop asking them. Yeah. Um, because that is, you know, that is a behavior of people that drink. So anybody that does consume alcohol has like, uh, feelings of anxiety towards people who don't drink alcohol. So they often take it out on people like myself yeah. who don't drink alcohol. And so I get very defensive if someone is like constantly asking me or another person why we don't drink. Yeah. Uh, and the reasons are always varying as well. So it's like, but but sometimes it's an innocent question. Someone will be like, I don't drink because I don't like drinking. But Drew knew the reason why mm. she wasn't drinking. So why did you keep hounding her in front of a group full of people when you already knew the answer? The only reason to do that is to make a point yeah right? so what if i thought that that was aggressive and um inappropriate behavior towards toya but i don't think the way that kenya set it up was like any for any other person other than kenya the way that she addressed it completely agree well said yeah but yeah so then i this this trip to new orleans looked awesome like i was like <laughs> Amazing. I'd love to be on this trip with Drew. Me too. <laughs> she did. I mean, I probably wouldn't have done the dance class that she organized for the for the women. But, oh, and actually after the dance class, though, there was some good that came out of it because Portia and Marlo sat down and used the Zen energy of dancing um, mm-hmm. to 
check in with one another, I guess, because Marlo has sort of been making nice with Kenya, who she's had a long running feud with um, for the past few seasons. And Marlo, I guess, is defensive of that because she feels like the other women now don't want to be her friend because of her association with Kenya. Whereas Portia's like, we're not excluding you. No one's doing that to you. Like you're kind of deflecting that, but don't try and act like you have to choose a side. Like, I don't care if you're friends with Kenya, be friends with Kenya, but you're trying to make it more of a thing. Like there are sides to be on. And, you know, I think there is some truth to the fact that her being friends with Kenya, they're probably like, maybe we shouldn't tell her all our things because that might be passed on. But also it's coming from a place of maybe Kenya's not being really genuine in like continuing this friendship with you or bringing that back. And Marlo is incredibly trusting of hoping they can go back to how they used to be friends and not really maybe seeing Kenya's motivation, which is that she needs a few more allies this season. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So something that I noticed about this situation is, and and Portia brings this up actually, but I think Portia's bringing it up in a different way. Uh, is the timing of, um, you know, not only Marlo reconnecting with Kenya, but I think Portia's trying to express that Marlo's kind of distancing herself from Portia since the dungeon. And I had oh, yes. I kind of picked up on that as well. And the way that Marlo's been asking questions of Portia and of other people about what happened that night. Yeah. Personally, seems to me like maybe I'm reading too much into it that Marlo is uncomfortable with the prospect of Portia having sex with a woman. (laughs) Yes, I agree. And she's jumped on the bandwagon of questioning that Kenya is on. So Portia, I remember now, Portia kind of pulls her up and she's like, some of my other friends do not feel the need to clarify what I did or didn't do. Like the fact that you need to know the answer before continuing like this friendship or being cool with me. That's concerning. Yes, exactly. The fact that she asked that question and she had asked other questions about it previously, um, yeah, it's, it's not a good sign. Mm-mm. So for me, this doesn't really seem, this seems less about Kenya, although Kenya's convenient in this situation and seems more about Marlo being uncomfortable um, mm. with Portia. Well spotted. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Well, I hope they can move forward because I really, 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 really love Marlo and I hope she can let go of that hang-up or any that she may have. Yeah, me too. I hope they can work it out and I hope everybody leaves Portia alone. Me too. Let her live her best gay life, honestly. Um, well, that's pretty much all I have to say about Housewives this week. Is there anything else you wanted to chat? Oh, oh, there is one thing about Housewives actually that I wanted to talk about, um, but not Real Housewives of Atlanta. Even though the season's over, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City is the... I was about to say the gift that keeps on giving, but it's actually so intensive considering what I'm about to say. Turns out, <laughs> Jen Shah cannot stop giving us a shit ton of drama um, in her life because the latest that literally was breaking news about 20 minutes before I spoke to you today is that she is going to be indicted... For money laundering mm-hmm. and may go to jail. I didn't mean to laugh. Oh, Jen. I don't know that what. She's a storm. She's a storm. And she scares me a little bit already because she's just like, whoo, she's on fire. But 
This is just the like. I mean, I did not see this coming. I did not see this coming. No, I mean, I loved Jen, and I was here. I, as we know, I was here for every single moment mm-hmm. of chaos, especially yep. towards the other women on the show. I don't mind that. I'm just like, go, like whatever. Yeah, of course. But then when the stuff came out about her assistant, mm-hmm. I was like, no, 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 mm. no. I was not impressed by that. Do you mean this? Her and her assistant being like indicted? No, because uh, or maybe they're not her assistant. But was that there's another incident or another complaint against her prior to this about her uh, abusing one of her? Yeah. Have you seen the video? Basically. Yeah, yeah. So I I saw the video and I'm yeah really not impressed with it. Yeah, really poor she really behavior. Got me offside. Yeah. She. Yep. I don't know if she's going to be back for season two, but I saw someone tweet like she is going to give herself another arc, whether we like it or not. So we'll see what happens next season. But drama continues in Salt Lake City. And this, sorry, I know I keep talking about Twitter, but I was just on it, taking all of this in. And someone tweeted that next season, if Jen turns up, Mary should tell her that she smells like prison. <laughs> smells like prison. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But anyway... That's all the real hard size news that I have this week. Now I'm done. Um, I don't know if you're up to date on Mass because there was two episodes since the weekend. So there was the Sunday night and Monday night episode. Uh, but there was major drama last night on Mass. I've seen snippets of the internet. The main thing I saw today was that um, – like the governing television media bodies are now looking into potentially investigating um, this series because of the potential psychological trauma that has been done to participant Melissa specifically um, and the really toxic. Yeah. Apparently there's been like a number of complaints this week about Bryce's treatment of Melissa. And so now one of the governing bodies may be investigating the series. Yeah, quite frankly. I mean, we've been saying this for weeks, but what is happening on this show is inflicting a lot of trauma on some of the participants, but specifically Melissa. Like, she should never have been allowed on this show, nor should she have been inflicted with the horrible demon that is Bryce as her husband. Yeah. So, okay, so let's do a quick recap on yeah. that at first sight because we haven't talked about it in a few weeks. Um, there's one major past event that I really want to come back to mm-hmm. and that is uh, Brettland. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Brettland? I fucking loved Brettland more than anything. Brettland sent me on a 25 minute search which I never finished to find out what star sign Booker is because <laughs> I reckon that bitch is a Sagittarius or something like she is crazy but amazing. Why don't you yeah. tell us what Brettland is? So there was like a, a another shit staring task on this program. <laughs> Again, apparently organized by experts. And I imagine this is why the program is getting uh, investigated. <laughs> Although actually this is not why, but it should be investigated yeah. for behaviors like this. So the experts ask some of the couples to write the other couples a letter. Uh, letting them know what they think about their relationships. Mm-hmm. That's super constructive. Super constructive. Um, and oh, there's a few different letters which are, you know, insane at varying levels. 
um, one of them asks Patrick and Belinda to do like a new drawing <laughs> session and it is so embarrassing. I will never um, get over those hideous drawings for the rest of my life. They literally drew <laughs> stick figures of each other. <laughs> so hideous. Anyway, but then Patrick tasks himself with writing a letter to Booker to uh, basically help. What he thinks he's doing is he thinks he's trying to help Booker understand his best bud, Brett. He does not think he's doing that. He's trying to be a shithead who's trying to put Booker in her place because of what his little buddy has told him. Asshole. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, 100%. I do believe that was the sentiment behind it. Um, But I I think that Patrick thought mm. he was doing a, a, a service to his buddy. Um, And he was. He was doing a service <laughs> to his buddy, but his buddy's a dickhead. Yep. Um, And... Basically, Booker gets this letter that says, you're self-involved, you never let Brett talk about himself, <laughs> all you do is talk about how good your friend is. Uh, it just ripped her apart. <laughs> it just ripped her apart. But it was also just, like, inaccurate because yeah. here's the thing about Booker and Brett. Booker is smarter, obviously, than mm-hmm, Brett. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, not in the... Um, like she's more educated sense in a in the sense that like she's empathetic, she yep. listens, she's creative, she's she's a whole person, right? Yes. This person has obviously spent a lot of time getting to know herself, knows about what she likes, what she yeah. doesn't like. Um, and she's know, very caring. You know, has, is caring, yeah. Um, and it's just like available to share that with whoever's interested mm-hmm. in sharing it, basically. Uh, and on the other hand, Brett. <laughs> is a wimp and he's a wimp who's done who's studying he's a wimp who's like studying psychology so that's his personality and everything that he hinges himself on yes and so and uh, some an important like backstory to this situation is that booker leading up to this has been trying to be like to brett some of the things that you say and you do are a bit disrespectful for example brett and patrick and I think I I can never remember that AFL player one's name. Jake he just looks like a rock to me. Like they keep doing like jokes about being gay and blah blah blah. And she's kind of on a few occasions been like to Brett, look, if, like what is funny about being gay? Like, yes. can you tell me what's actually funny about it? Because uh, you know I don't I don't really get it. Uh, and on a few occasions, book has been like you know. I don't think we have the same values in terms of like social justice. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a really important context leading up to this letter as well, because Booker's on a few occasions tried to talk to Brett, tried to do this like labor with Brett that to try and help him understand the world better because this man is studying psychology. Yeah. And he's going to be working with people. Um, so anyway, then Booker gets this letter and because Booker is a fully, uh, a, a full woman with a lot mm-hmm. of pride, it just sets her the fuck off. She's yeah. fucking fuming at this letter. From yeah. Patrick and I don't, uh, like, I don't blame her. Everyone else's letter, as garbage as everybody else is, at least wrote a letter to the couple. This was yeah. literally just like, Booker, you're a demon bitch and poor Brett is perfect. Yeah. Leave him alone. So she felt attacked because this is what 
her partner who supposedly she's in a good relationship with or in a relationship with is saying behind her back like I would have a really really difficult time coming back from that if that's how I thought my partner had been talking about me to their like close friends absolutely I would be raging and so Booker does <laughs> she rages but so Booker hard does it in a way, sorry Booker does it in a way that is so just like chef's kiss amazing can't believe it it's a masterpiece yeah yeah so Booker goes out Brett goes out they're trying to cool down Brett comes home mm-hmm. and in response to the letter that says that um so the, the letter challenges Booker to set up a night that's all about Brett right <laughs> so Booker you're so selfish you're such a dog like you need to make this about Brett make this experiment about Brett Booker's like righto Booker goes Prints out probably about 60 photographs. Hundreds. Of bread and covers the whole apartment. Mm-hmm. Dresses up in this 1950s outfit. Yep. Cooks some sort of weird taco dinner. But she puts his face on it as well. And the apartment door that says Booker and Brett, she crosses out her name and she sticks another Brett on it. So it just says Brett and Brett. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it totally is. She's just like standing there waiting when he walks in and takes it all in. And it is just magic. The way that she performs this activity, like does not miss a beat. Like this woman is in character the whole time Mm -hmm. as like this Stepford wife, psychotic robot, um, is like, welcome to Brettland. Like does this full (laughs) speech about Brett. And she's like got a pumpkin that she stuck Brett's face on. She's like, tonight is all about Brett. Pumpkin Brett. TV Brett. <laughs> Fish Brett. And she walks around <laughs> talking about all these different Bretts. And then she's like, I've just heard this great new song, Brett. Like, let me show it to you. This is my favorite part. Plays this song that's just like, Brett, Brett, Brett. <laughs> She might be your dream woman. That was incredible. Like, I was so happy the whole time. I was in shock, but I was just like, good for her. She did what was asked of her. That's the assignment. I wish I had thought of something like that as some kind of vengeance to get someone who's wronged me. But I will never top that. That was incredible. It was truly remarkable. It was mm-hmm. one of the best moments we've ever had on Maths. Ever. Yeah. Leading up. And then so after that, sort of Booker and Brett continue to have this dynamic where Booker is a person that communicates Mm -hmm. her thoughts, feelings and ideas and Brett continues to self-victimise and act like Booker is too dramatic and too much emotionally when actually Booker's not not really being uh, anything except a person, except a whole person. And it's too much for Brett who obviously... Um, cannot handle it. No, would he. A hundred percent, I would say that he acts like a fucking 
child and even though she's trying to communicate herself and gives him the grace of doing so at the commitment ceremony he just like and she apologizes as well there's actually a moment i think at the dinner party where she apologizes for her part and he refuses to apologize for any part that he may have and it's like the moment she apologized he just kept doubling down it was so frustrating to watch i love her she's also so beautiful issue is that Basically, after this letter, Booker is like to Brett, you know, is this what Patrick thinks or is this what you tell Patrick? Like, that's the key issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, it basically emerges that, yes, this is what Brett thinks. Mm-hmm. This letter reflects exactly what Brett thinks. Because Brett's never, he never denies it. He's never like, no, 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 that's not what I think. Patrick's being wild. Um, <laughs> he's just like, yeah, well, why don't you make things more about me, basically, and has a fucking little victim tantrum <laughs> for days just for days on end days this man says absolutely nothing and sulks like a little dickhead <laughs> i honestly i cannot stand it i same oof, this this one it may have set me off even more than the other men on this program who i hate but this particular situation i was like how dare this mm-hmm. you little man waste this much <laughs> on this woman's time <laughs> Truly, because she votes leave, but unfortunately he fucking writes stay, so they're stuck for another week. Absolutely. Why would he write stay? What a fucking idiot. Because he's a wanker, because then he'll use this as a tool next time to be like, you wanted to leave. I wanted to try and make things work. Which is something that so many people do on this fucking show. They use it against their partner for trying to leave a toxic situation and be like, well, you quit. You tried, You gave up on us. Like, I tried to mm-hmm. save us off fuck off this week this mob have been on a retreat um in the southern highlands um and honestly having these men all together has really set me oh no don't ruin it i want to see it i want to see that for myself yeah just wait till you see it what i would say is that if i was in the house with these men and they were behaving like this it would turn into Cluedo. <laughs> I don't think it would. Everyone would just be like, it was, it would not be turning into Cluedo. Everyone would just turn around and be like, it was Maddie. Like, obviously, <laughs> it was Maddie. The other thing to talk about this week and what is the focus probably of a lot of people's complaints is like a demon scumbag from hell, Bryce and his relationship with Melissa. Um, one of the things that we haven't talked about yet this week that also happened was it was feedback week basically so they got feedback from other couples but they also got feedback from their families they were invited to go to a private screening at a movie and they all thought they were in for a lovely nice time before they realized that they were zoom calling each of their respective families at the same time who had been watching the commitment ceremonies now most people had very reasonable discussions with their parents who were like oh you're doing this you're doing that and blah 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 apart from jake and beck because beck's mum was awful did not give him like a second to breathe with a foot on his neck it was quite amazing to watch um but melissa and bryce came face to face with their parents or melissa's and their siblings and basically what happened was that bryce's mum gave him a full-on talking to and was like you're disgusting i am ashamed of you like what is this behavior and then she pretty much turned to melissa not pretty much she turned to melissa and said I don't know why you're still sitting next to him. And that is her son. Like, 
and we know how mothers are with their bloody sons. And she was just like, yeah. what are you doing? Go get out. Melissa's parents were also like her mum was concerned and her sister, but they didn't even need to say anything because Bryce's mum did it all for them. <laughs> they, she was just like, Melissa girl, what are you doing? Like get out. <laughs> Unfortunately, this has not deterred Bryce at all. Of course not. His behavior. Because as soon as he walked. Yeah. He walked out and he was like, we don't care about what they say. They've only seen snippets and they don't know what's going on in one ear and out the other. And I'm like, you also say that about the experts and the other people in the experiment <laughs> and literally everybody else it is toxic, isolating behavior where he makes Melissa distrust everyone else, deflecting conversations and blame, cutting her off from other resources. And it's incredibly abusive and she's taking it all in and, in the state that she's in is like, I'm going to stick by Bryce. Like he's the only one I care about. And I believe him only. And that's all in the end. And you're just like, Oh my God, this is a broken woman. Like someone help her. Mm. This situation gets so much worse. It's, it's only getting worse. It's only going downhill. Fucking Bryce hell. has now really gone too far. Really? Like, yeah. I've really, yeah. I, but he's gone too far with Beck and Melissa's uh, enabling it. Okay. Um, it's a really difficult situation because it is unacceptable what's happening to Melissa. Yeah. Uh, and also now Melissa is complacent in Bryce's abuse of other people on this show. Hell. Uh, so I... You know, I get to this point every season with Mass where I'm like, I don't think I can ever watch this show again because all this show does is promote and facilitate abuse of mm. people, um, especially women. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of like at that point in this season, I'm not going to give it up because I love this fucking program. <laughs> Uh, and I think it is important for all of us to bear witness how heterosexuality mm-hmm. often plays out because... Another thing that's happened recently is that, and that is emerging, is that Jason is also abusive. Oh my god! Can I just say one thing quickly? Sorry, you know how you said it's important to watch. Kim, my girlfriend, and I who are watching this together, bless her heart. She used to think that I was always just too abusive about men, or just like you know, it was like jokey that I would always be like, men are disgusting garbage. Honestly, you don't understand. Straight men are the worst. And we've discussed this at length. And now that she started watching this show with me, she's like, I used to think you were exaggerating or that you, you know, were oversimplifying it or whatever and didn't think it was that bad. I cannot believe if this is how men behave on TV, what they're like when they treat women in real life as well. Like where there's no witnesses, like basically she told me I was right. And I was like, I knew that, but I think it's important for everyone to bear witness. Absolutely. And this is what exactly these men behave like this with a crowd of people mm. observing them with no, no regrets, no apologies, no remorse, no second thought. Um, these men act like that. Yeah. And uh, people allow it. <laughs> people facilitate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and imagine how harmful these men are when people aren't watching. Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually this, you start to get a sense of how harmful Bryce is when people aren't watching. So we see these moments between Bryce and Melissa that we like connect the dots, right? Ooh. We're just like, Bryce is just like, oh, I don't want to do that because blah, blah, blah. But what we actually know is happening is 
I don't want Melissa to be connected to other people. I want to keep mm. Melissa isolated. Oh, and then yeah. at the commitment ceremony uh, this week, Bryce writes leave and oh. he crosses it out and writes stay. Yeah, out of in front of everyone. Yeah, out of the goodness of his heart to protect Melissa from the toxicity of the rest of the group because he can see how damaging it is to her. But there's like, as everyone says, well, if you knew she was going to write stay there's literally no reason for you to have written that other than to traumatize her a little bit more and like stick the knife in further Mm -hmm. the reason that he did it is to is to pit melissa against beck yeah so he's he's selling melissa this narrative that beck is bullying her uh so he's trying to turn the group on beck to say beck is an evil witch Mm -hmm. who is in my girlfriend's ear bullying her when actually you know beck isn't is a shit stirrer, 100%. But Beck is, is shit stirring because that is her way of, uh, I guess, rebelling against the way that Bryce behaves. Yeah. Um, and I just, I can't believe that we we are sitting back and watching this, actually. Um, yeah, I know. This man is so toxic. And Jason, uh, Jason says that this act of writing leave and then stay to protect Melissa is a heroic act and Alana disagrees with that and that is what sets off a <gasps> tirade of abusive behaviour by Jason towards Alana. Really? See, I already... I haven't seen those episodes, but I already had written down that he'd been a little bit of a gaslighter towards her already, like in the last yeah. week. We've this... seen glimpses. We've seen, we've seen glimpses of Jason, but on the retreat this week, we're seeing more of Jason, more of the time. Um, and it is not it's not good and there's a reason that him and Bryce are two of the closest men in this experiment oh I hate this I also it also just occurred to me that a lot of other reality TV we watch it does have men in it and when they're in it they act like this as well Real Housewives for example yeah the men are the main characters exactly but literally every time a man appears it's like, oh, that one's like one of the worst housewives husbands of all time. But they're all one of the worst housewives husbands of all time. There's no good ones. Yeah, exactly. Except maybe like, no, I can't even think of one. <laughs> I was like, maybe there's one in there, but no, I can't one there's there. not one. Well, okay, sounds intriguing. I'll make sure I catch up this week on maths because it sounds like a shit fest. Yeah. Shall we? Shall we move on to some? Well, I was gonna say more cheerful. But depends on how you found the finale. Have you caught up on RuPaul's Drag Race UK? I have. I've watched the whole season now. Welcome, finally. Spoiler alerts, obviously, we're going to talk about the finale. What are your thoughts on the winner? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> so this is season two of Drag Race UK. Yes. Um, I loved the first season Me of too. Drag Race UK. I was so into it. I loved how, like, I loved how, like, crunchy it was like it was like the people had substance you know the people yeah. really had substance and had texture it wasn't like americans like americans are very surface level yeah. especially when you put them on tv and they're professional performers mm-hmm. you know i i enjoy the u.s drag race but but the uk one was just it wasn't more. slick it was just funny i felt like it was really funny um and it they were really funny yeah there were really big characters like davina was great bag of chips was great the Vivian was even pretty funny. Um, you know, it was a good cast. It was a great cast. Um, the season two cast, I, I liked them, but 
there was like less substance by the end. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And not a lot of like standouts. I really liked, I'm not going to, I really liked Bimini. I thought once I saw that bacteria outfit, I was like, oh, you came dressed as bacteria and it looks so good. Um, Mm -hmm. But I didn't have a lot of like standout moments. Do I think she should have won? Kind of. But I think this is a pattern now where RuPaul picks like the second most popular person to win so that the other person can go on All Stars. Ah, okay. I felt like the the person who won, which is Lawrence Cheney. How do you say it like that? Cheney won on on their personality. What what was I not supposed to say? Every time I hear the name, or I can't say it in an like Aussie accent, I have to say Lawrence Cheney because it's so like. He's Scottish and that's all I can hear in my head. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, from the get-go, Rue is just, like, enamoured with Lawrence's accent in particular. It just finds Lawrence's personality, like, so enjoyable. Um, And I think, you know, on this season, it just seems like Rue was like, this is, like, this person is the most overall enjoyable substantial person yeah yeah lawrence really got like the winner's edit really there was like hot streak at the beginning and then like a down thing where they you know he wasn't sure if he could dance or not and had a bit of a moment and then comes back with some more wins and like it was given the narrative arc of a winner but oh i just couldn't engage i don't like when people try so hard to always have a moment and lawrence did the thing of was it What's that one that I hate? The racist one. The, the person that was in season nine and then came back for season 10 because they broke their knee in the US one. Wait, why are they the racist one? Was it Eureka? Eureka. Yeah, Eureka. Eureka's been seen on video, like, doing cameos and stuff and saying the N-word. Um, yeah, do not like Eureka. But reminds me of Eureka in that Lawrence always tries to have a moment of, like, oh, dancing is so hard for me and then has a massive cry about it and acts like a baby because that's not their natural thing that they're good at. You don't have to have a story every week when you're not very good at one of the activities. Just like suck it up and do the activity. And I hate every time someone cries on the drag race stage. I get so annoyed. Yeah. I found Lawrence to be a huge whinger. Um, (laughs) That's what I essentially was saying. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I agree with you. I thought Lawrence was a huge whinger on this season. They had a huge tantrum every time something didn't go their way. Exactly. And it was usually something minor as well. Um, I didn't really care about Ellie. Like, I didn't really like Ellie. But I also was like, Lawrence, can you stop, like, annoying Ellie? Yeah. It's just competing in the competition. Like, just let them be. Um, Yeah, I didn't... I just didn't... I didn't really understand why Lawrence and Ellie both got to the final. I mean, sorry, I do understand why Lawrence did, but I don't understand why Ellie was I didn't either. I... With Bimini, like, I... At first, I was really, like... I don't care. Like, whatever this person yeah. is selling, I'm not buying it. As you know, I have a strong stance on white people with mullets. Um, that really got me offside. And then I was just like, here's another messy white queer yeah. who thinks being, um, you know, being a disaster is a personality. Yes. Um, and and also- then over time, I, I saw, you know, after lockdown, they had kind of like this resurgence, right? Like, yeah. they came back, like, they'd really thought about what they yeah. were doing and they were really prepared for the rest of the season. And I was really, I genuinely was really impressed by that. And yep. that's big for me because they already oh. had me offside. 
Um, also, I was the same and I was kind of predisposed to dislike Bimini because they're just so East London. And I, I live in East London, but I've, I see this person all the time. The terrible fringe and the mullet is a part of my social life when I used to have a social life. So I was just like, Lord, here we go. But post-COVID lockdown, I was just so impressed and I found them really interesting and fun. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing both Bimini and Davina in some version of like international all-stars because I'm pretty sure that's probably what the agenda is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I think did Bimini deserve to win? I don't know. But I, I wouldn't have been mad if they won. <laughs> I would have been like, yeah, this person worked really hard and they deserve that. Yeah. I also thought Tace had like a big journey yeah. as well. So I was disappointed that Tace didn't win. But at the same time, I, I thought Tace's um, actual outfit for the finale was a bit how's it gone. Yeah, uh, agree. So I do think that set them back. I agree. I agree completely. It wasn't like there was a huge front runner, but mm-hmm. the internet was still pissed um, that Lawrence yeah. won. They, the internet was mad that mm. Lawrence won? Very mad. Very, very mad. Like, the- literally under the, like, announcement of the post of Lawrence's win on social media, underneath is just Bimini was robbed, like, countless times. Which oh, the inter- So this okay. is another thing, right, which makes it hard for me to even, like say that I wanted Bimini to win as well because I don't want to be that bitch. It's like the drag race community is incredibly like racist and anyone who's basically a thin blonde younger queen does very, very well as mediocre as they may be. I'm not saying Bimini is mediocre, but they're really the people that come out of any season and do very, very well for themselves. So it was just kind of a natural reaction that I was sort of expecting regardless of what my thoughts on Bimini were, you know? Yeah. That like unless with a few exceptions who work really hard because they're relevant in their own communities and they stay relevant like Jada and Bob mm-hmm. uh, like they have Jada and Bob like Bob especially Bob has Bob. a huge career right like, yeah just is a huge personality in their own right and yeah. you know is on lots of different things has a lot of acting opportunities Jada is a different kind of person and will have a different kind of career yeah but generally speaking. You know, I don't think we see a huge amount from winners of just... I'm saying just Drag Race, not All Stars or anything yep, like that. Yep. Just Drag Race itself. I don't think we see a huge amount of winners um, doing heaps. Not anymore. I do think there was like a golden age where it was like... Obviously, Bianca did really well. So there was that real hot moment of like season six to season... Or season nine, really. Because I think Bianca did really well. Bob did really well. Mm-hmm. Sasha Valua does her own like theatre. Oh, Sasha Valua now? Like she's not really relevant. She's only relevant to like <laughs> people who like Sasha Valua. You know what I mean? I think so, but she, she does like movies on Netflix and stuff. I don't know, but Violet became a very fashion person and you know, mm. that was the area that Violet succeeded really well in. So like there was a moment where the winners went on to become very successful in their area, but mm. really not since then. Yeah. I don't for me, I would say, like, Sasha and Violet, like, I, I don't see them as continuing as relevant to this really? thing, actually. I don't really see much of them. I feel like, like you're not looking in the same places. Violet has done, like, so many Vogue covers, like, like Vogue spreads and stuff and, run like, walked the runway for, like, Paris Fashion Week and things like that. So, I guess, in the world that Violet inhabits, 
she's incredibly successful, you know? Yeah, I suppose so. I guess, yeah, okay. But then, so, who, I can't even remember who won last season of UK. Was it the Vivian? Yeah, it was Vivian. Haven't seen her do a lot either. Davina was, Davina and Bag of Chips became, like, the very popular ones in the UK. Exactly. So, I, I think, you know, regard, if you think Bimini was robbed, well, you know, Bimini will stay relevant if Bimini wants to stay relevant. Yeah, she just, they just got signed to um, Next Modeling Agency this week. Nice. Yeah, and I don't, I don't really, I see Lawrence doing, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm kind of like bummed about Drag Race at the moment. Like I had to force myself each week to watch it, which is so sad for me because I used to be obsessed. Why do you feel bummed about it? I just don't feel like the obsession, like it's really waned. I'm not, I don't find it exciting or really funny. I used to love Drag Race because I thought it was hysterical. Whereas now, and like, especially the US one, I haven't even watched this season. They all have like outfits that are already created and made by designers and perfect. And you're just like, oh, I miss when like fucking Raja was making dresses out of money, like that are couture, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, that's what I mean. Like the US version has really lost the texture. Mm. <laughs> it's really not, it's really not there that much at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think that there's been a lot of, like really good things about where RuPaul's gotten to and like where Drag Race is at now and I think the good things probably outweigh the bad things yeah um but you know RuPaul has been kind of a tyrant as well so it also puts a damper on things it does knowing that like you kind of I kind of I used to love RuPaul right like I, I used to you know idolize them from like the 90s um they used to be like a really you know, important figure in the queer community, mm-hmm. and they've kind of—I don't know—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm hesitant to say sold out because I, I, you know, I'm not the kind of person that thinks that you have to be like broken, you know, <laughs> playing guitar for free to be a relevant yeah. personality. Like, without a doubt, RuPaul is still and will be for a long time a relevant cultural personality. Uh, but the way that RuPaul treats people that they work with, it really puts a damper on things. It really it? does. And also there's the whole fracking thing. <laughs> like, yes. Which, well, I mean, of course that as well. Yeah. There's not a lot of positivity, like new things to say about RuPaul. So mm-hmm. that also, you're right, puts a damper on things. But I mean, I'm sure the love will come back with a really good season for me. But mm. <laughs> I'm excited to see the yeah. Down Under one, though. Yeah about down under but we have our own issues with the <laughs> queens that are on there a lot of them are white supremacists oh what are they be fair to say yeah oh yeah. fuck's sake there's a big there's a, there's a drag queen one in particular but more than one actually one in particular that's on there is known for doing blackface in drag um yeah as an aboriginal person yeah, <gasps> yeah, known known for doing it you can look it up that is disappointing um, interested to see how RuPaul engages with Aboriginal people. There is one Aboriginal contestant on the show. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. So, um, Jojo Zaho. <laughs> uh, she's the only Aboriginal contestant. I think there's, like, one other brown person, but I'm not sure who it is looking at this list. Um, I hope there's a Maori or a Pacifica contestant as well. I would assume there probably was, but maybe that's being too optimistic <laughs> maybe um yeah so 
be honest, I'm quite nervous. I am too now. You're nervous about it? Yeah. I'm not excited anymore. Yeah. But, you know, I I was so excited because I really thought there would be quite... Because we have quite a... Especially uh, in um, Aotearoa, New Zealand as well. Like, there's a really vibrant drag scene. Uh, that has a lot of Maori queens and like Maori people are a lot larger percentage of the population uh, in New Zealand. So I assumed there might be more than one Maori drag queen on the show. Um, and Maori people often bring cultural elements to their drag as well. Yeah. They have a lot of um, practices that uh, uh, lend themselves to performance, right? So um, I was really excited to see that and I don't think that we'll see that now and I was really hoping that there would be a lot of queens from um, Miss First Nations which is an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander drag queen contest here that has you know ha- has been on TV and stuff like that and it's only one person from that as well so and the rest are kind of you know white people from Oxford Street and Melbourne yep. and uh, who are just known for being racist and transphobic at bingo night you know yes so I'm, I'm a bit disappointed <laughs> Me too. I also, I mean, I'm going to put it on the record right now. I predict that Karen from finance is going to win because I feel like she will just be set up the whole time to have the winner's arc. She's done all the drag tours and stuff like hosting them um, when the US Queens come to Australia. So I will not be surprised at all if she's the winner. Yeah. And a a lot of um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander drag queens have complaints against Karen. Karen from finance as well. Um, she used to have a full sleeve of Gollywog dolls, uh, which she had removed. What? She has a full Gollywog connection, a collection. Oh my God. Fuck off. I don't want to see this. Yeah. <gasps> okay. Yeah, that's disgusting. She's publicly, she publicly apologized for it. Oh gee, cheers. And it's been covered up, but. What? It just gives you an idea of yeah. who, who's on this program what? and how who dominates the Australian drag race. I do want to say something positive about US drag race. Okay. Moment, and that is we have our first trans man <gasps> on drag race. Really? And they are fucking killing it. Uh, I, at first I didn't like them because I was like, oh, here we go, another like trans mass sorry i'm a trans mass person so i have like an opinion on trans mass people i was like here we go another trans mass person that like wants to be one of the like part of the white gays um but you know what they're not (laughs) they bring such a fresh perspective to this they again like i had my judgments initially and they fucking blew me away like their performance their fashion their makeup um they do Paris Hilton for the snatch and he is on point. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed oh. with Gottmik. I did not expect to be, but I'm really enjoying it. And okay. It just goes to show what happens when you bring new perspectives yeah. to this space. All right. Well, that excited me. Maybe I'll watch. I might binge the US season then. That sounds fun. I need something new. season a bit more than the UK season this time around. Well, that was a big week in reality TV. It was. Um, Good evening, Ab. Good morning, Maddie. Have a lovely week. 
Thank you. Um, I will chat to you soon. Bye. <laughs> oh my God. What you didn't hear there was me absolutely just crashing and burning um, mid-sentence. I pretty much just fell asleep on my laptop. It's been quite a week. All I can say is thank God it's a short week. Um, and in the meantime, if you're like anything like me, I know you'll be glued to your phone following every single second of this Jen Shah drama. Um, it has been full of joy and gifts already since we found out um, that Jen had been indicted. So I highly encourage you to follow along because there are a lot of details to this hysterical story. Um, come back next week and thank you for listening. <laughs>